Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello? You play to win the game. Our networks don't talk about it. Government can't tax it. But sports betting is a $200 billion a year business. Gambling? Who's anything about gambling? It's not gambling when you know you're going to win. Gives it to Jenkins. I want winners. Hello and welcome to the inaugural episode of the Winners Only Podcast hosted by myself, Bill Christie, and my winning associate, Mr. Showtime himself, Matt Siegel. What is going on show? Bill, how's it going? Happy to be back. It's been a long time without a podcast, about three months since March when the coronavirus shut down the NBA and the rest of the sports nationwide. But I'm happy to announce that we are back on the airways and better than ever under a new network. Shout out the Brawl Network based out of Chicago. We are very excited for this new venture and we are under the new name, the Winners Only Pod. Why, Bill? Very plain and simple, because we only print winners here at our podcast. That's right. Well, at least we try to print only winners. Um, and let's just give the audience a quick background. Like you had mentioned, we had previously been with Full Slate. We are now under the Brawl Network. Um, so we have some listeners that are following over from Full Slate onto this pod, um, but we're probably going to have some new listeners as well. So let's just give them a little background about ourselves, um, how we got into handicapping, you know, what, what are our preferences within handicapping, the sports we like to play. And then after that, we're going to get into a little bit about what we plan on doing in the future with this podcast. So go ahead, take it away, show. Yeah, look, Bill, I've been on Twitter putting out my picks for about two and a half years now, coming up on three years in the fall and, you know, I, I, I enjoy it. It's a hobby of mine, I would say. Uh, all the banter on Twitter, you know, it's funny when you when you lose a pick and when you win a pick to, you know, see all the comments and what everyone's saying. And it's just a lot of hoopla, but it, but it's fun and, you know, it, it, it's enjoyable at times. Um, I would say my favorite sport to bet on and my best sport to bet on would be basketball, uh, specifically the NBA and then the collegiate level basketball. Those would be my two favorite uh, sports to bet on and my most profitable sports as well. Right behind uh, the hardwood would most definitely be hockey, uh, the NHL. Yeah. Hockey um, specifically the playoffs. I really enjoy betting on the NHL playoffs as much as I do watching the NHL playoffs. Uh, I mean, it's, it's a great every year for sure. Right behind. And I know that's really not probably a fan favorite to bet on. However, I find myself very profitable in the NHL playoffs. Right behind there, obviously, we go to the good old 
gridiron, college football, NFL. I'm not very good at the NFL, Bill, but, you know, I love betting on it just as much as everyone else. But you find me someone who's good at betting on the NFL, and, you know, I, I'll, I'll, see, I'll see about that. How about you? That's true. So um, I've been capping for a long time, just not really on the Twitter end of it. Um, I think I kind of go back. Like I mentioned a story before where my dad, I can remember bringing home those parlay cards that were like real big back in the day and picking teams for him. No idea what I was really doing in the beginning. Um, and then figuring out exactly what lines meant, how much teams need to win by the over unders, that sort of stuff. And then I kind of just researched things a little bit more as I went along in my quote unquote betting career um until recently you know i don't think many people uh know this but you know matt in a previous life used to work for me when he was in high school um that's how we we first met and we kind of stayed in touch as he went to college and he really dug deep into this um twitter handicapping world and kept me updated because he knew that i like to i like to play games you know put some money on some different games and stuff like that and um saw how well he was doing with it and not that it was easy, but um, we kind of both have the same mentality, I think, when it comes to um, sports gambling. Uh, you know, we kind of play the same type of trends when we're looking into things. And, um, you know, I was kind of getting tired of the nine to five. And I finally decided uh, at the beginning of this year that that was going to be the next step that I was going to take. I, I dropped the nine to five and focused primarily on the Twitter, uh, running the sports handicapping service. And I've loved it, um, you know course the only problem we had was this small little pandemic that popped up and kind of put sports world on a halt which which has been tough but you know it it brings us kind of like to this new era of what we're going to be getting into um how we've both kind of looked at not just sports gambling in a different perspective but probably in our own personal lives in a little bit of a different perspective um due to the nature of what we've been doing but before we get to that um, I kind of want to dig into what the podcast is going to be about. I think, Matt, you would agree that we're probably going to be close to 90% of this podcast surrounding sports gambling, whether it's advice, free plays, stories, etc. cetera. Um, but I really think that we're also going to bring in uh, some other people potentially, and then even ourselves talking about other aspects of the gaming world, whether that's you know, poker, uh, the ponies, uh, fantasy sports. Cause I know that, you know, as much as people love to gamble on sports, uh, specifically, you know, there's other people out there who like to put their, you know, hand in the poker hand in this fantasy sports, you know, how big that is. So we plan on bringing either experts or, uh, just discussing different points ourselves to the audience about, you know, these different types of pieces to the gaming world. Um, and then on top of that, we want to engage our audience as much as possible. You know, Matt, you know, you, I know you agree with me when we say that, you know, without an audience, you know, that's just me and you here talking to each other. That's it. You know, so as long as we can build our audience and uh, we believe the best way to do that is to get you guys involved with us, uh, whether that is giving us ideas of what you want to hear, what you want us to discuss. Um, we're also big on running contests. Um, we'll be putting them on our Twitter handles uh, and as well as the podcast Twitter handle as well. Um, I'll plug them real quick. The Twitter for this podcast is at winners only pod uh, and myself for my picks and uh, for information about the podcast as well is at Larry's with an S locks with an S number two. And then Matt, you're over at Showtime cappers. Uh, and again, Matt's going to be putting out his plays. We both kind of been doing a lot of stuff uh, on the free side uh, since this you know pandemic had hit. 
we all know that everybody's kind of in a tough financial position right now. Um, we didn't really feel it was right to put out uh, a lot of VIP cards during that time, uh, asking people for money for, for our research and our knowledge. Um, and also the fact that we kind of dove into a lot of sports that we really weren't uh, diving into as deep as we normally would be per se for college basketball, for college football, for the NBA, like Matt mentioned, NHL. Um, so we really didn't want to put anything out uh, uh, for a service, a paid for service. So a lot of it's been for free um, and it's been fun. You know, I think we've both can agree that COVID has kind of changed the way that we look at our lives and how we look at the sports world, how quickly it can change um, and how we kind of have to adapt to it. Um, so I kind of want to just dive into that topic. If you're good to go with that, Matt, um, just about the hottest topic surrounding sports, unfortunately, which is, been the same story since I think February, the coronavirus. We're all ready for the NCAA tournament. The start of March Madness was on the horizon. And then motherfucking COVID-19, a.k.a. coronavirus, a.k.a. the thing that only thing that has stopped Vegas since the JFK assassination. You know, but I'm not bitter. I'm not bitter at all about not having U.S. main sports. Well, maybe a little bit, but let's just dive into that. Uh, take us kind of into where you went. Um, when the virus finally hit, uh, hit us here in the States and, you know, sports kind of came to a bit of a halt. What was your mentality from, from that point until now? Yeah. I mean, look, Bill, I think you pretty much hit it right on the head, uh, right in the head there of what we're going to be covering and what we're really going to be doing, um, along the course of coming episodes, weeks, months, uh, of this podcast for our audience, for the different major sports going on in America and in the world. Um, uh, and, you know, we're really just going to be addressing multiple topics of the gambling or the gaming sphere, as you said, as well, not just uh, sports gambling, but daily fantasy as well. Uh, fantasy sports come NFL time. Obviously fantasy football is tremendously big in America. Um, you know, you got the horse racing and, and you got poker tables as well. There's a lot of different forms. You got casino games as well. So there's a lot of different forms in the gaming sphere. We're going to, ha- you know, get into a little bit of all, have some <clears throat> uh, special guests on the pods with some interviews as well. That'll be exciting for everyone to listen to. But, you know, mainly when coronavirus did happen and the NBA shut down, because I feel like that was the first domino to go. The NBA shut down and then everything else kind of really followed after that. I pretty much just did what everyone else did, you know, didn't really know what was going on, um, just took it day by day. And obviously I couldn't gamble on sports, so I just didn't really do much on my Twitter. I would be retweeting news Um Checking the, checking the news, obviously, about updates for the coronavirus, uh, not only in the sports world, but just, you know, nationwide and what was going on and how, how everything was evolving and developing. And, you know, really, th- that was what I did for about a month or month and a half, two months, whatever. And then, you know, eventually when this was extending and it was seen that it was going to keep further extending, you had to um, adapt a little bit. You know, you couldn't just completely shut down from sports gambling I mean I would say it was a nice break and it was it was enjoyable to not have the stress of it but at the end of the day you know it's a way to make money and you know I was just missing out on on money my winners were missing out they weren't being printed at the end of the day so I needed to go back to the drawing boards I first started adapting with uh, virtual gaming obviously esports 
I did very well to start esports for the first week. The second week, I did very awful, and it was not the best venture. And then after that, I dabbled with esports and actually did pretty solid to end up in esports, but it really just wasn't for me. Um, once I saw a player glitch out of the game and then they win the round and then an automatic restart, I was like, I don't know what's going on here. Um, I didn't really like that. And I didn't like that there was a, you know, an internet connection that can affect my, my wagering. And so I just, um, and granted the fact that I had to watch it on Twitch or whatnot, or keep updated with Twitch and people weren't really big on it. So it, it wasn't a fan favorite. So I eventually gave that up. I next ventured into Korean baseball when that baseball league started back up. Um, as that's as right, baby. Wearing, uh, I know our audience can't see it, but I got my NC Dinos hat on my father's day gift this year. So I, uh, you know, I ventured into the Korean baseball. That was kind of cool because you would pretty much place the bets, go to sleep and wake up. And, you know, depending upon the time you wake up, 6, 7, 8 a.m., you know, it could be in the last couple innings or the games could already be over and your winners were already printed. But so that was pretty cool. And I actually started out very, very, very well with Korean baseball. I was just really simply noticed a trend that was going on. And these teams just never played one run games. So I would simply just be taking um, the teams that were minus one and a half and plus odds, which typically was the, the favorites in the games or even the underdogs and playing them at minus one and a half. Because even when the underdogs won, it was a very big trend. There was very little amount of one run games, the bullpens in Korea are absolute dog shit. Probably just like some of their food, but that is a story for another day. And anyway, I started out very well with Korean baseball and something just like esports, you know, um, it just it just ended up tailing off as well. I mean, I just don't really know the guys that are in there and it's just kind of a little hard to follow. And, you know, I wasn't really watching the game because they were overnight. I wasn't staying up or anything and watching them. So I, you know, I ended up being slightly profitable in Korean baseball as well, but I did just give it up as I got over um, placing the bets, waking up and seeing if they won or lost and, you know, not really knowing what went on. Um, and then I started venturing into soccer. Soccer is something, obviously, the largest sport in the world, um, for sure. And I was very big betting on the World Cup when it happened, uh, whatever it was, two years ago, I guess now, two summers ago. Uh, very big on the World Cup, and I did very well there, very successful. I've always been big um, on, like, Champions Leagues or big matches here and there or when the Clash of the Titans happened. But, you know, I took on a new venture of actually betting soccer leagues um, every single day, leagues uh, c consisting in, in Spain, um, you know, England, uh, Germany, all the leagues, you know, I, I got to Italy. Um, I'm in Switzerland. Um, I'm in Belarus. I don't even know where Belarus is. Like, I couldn't really tell you. <laughs> I'm in there. Where, where else am I in? Um, I go to Portugal too. Portugal. I don't, I don't know what's good. Portugal is a little sketchy sometimes, but I go, I love sporting, sporting Lisbon. I like them, uh, from Portugal. Um, obviously Porto's is good. And, you know, I venture into, uh, I ventured into, I think, Denmark, like, once. So, I don't like, I don't like Denmark anymore. I'm, I'm out of there. <laughs> anyway, um, I've been following these soccer leagues. Started out pretty poor for, like, the first week or two. Um, and then, you know, it just really picked up. And I started doing very, very well with soccer um, for about two or three weeks. Like, amazing. Couldn't lose, honestly. Was just printing winners left and right. Um, and then I had a stretch of, like, a week or so where it was just kind of a little back and forth, back and forth. And then I had a really, really poor day, like a, 
like a week ago yeah. and lost about like like half of our profits or whatever we were up. But, you know, we're still sitting up around like 40 units on soccer in about a month. Um, I mean, so for a sport that I just ventured into, I'm pretty happy with it. It's, it's like not that enjoyable to bet on because you kind of are just waiting for things to happen. You're just waiting for a goal to come right. or not to come. Um, so it's not like basketball or football where, you know, you can kind of get a feel for the game, uh, see the score going forward or not watch till the end. In soccer, it's really annoying because you can dominate the game and still lose or draw and still lose your bet, you know. Yeah. In, in football or basketball, you dominate the game. And most of the time, you know, unless you're having a lot of crazy turnovers and then, you know, some could argue you didn't even dominate the game, then you would end up winning the game. But in soccer, you can dominate the game and, and lose or draw, which is very, very frustrating. But it's definitely, you know, it's definitely a grind, and it's, it's nice how the matches are spread out throughout the day, and I, I have enjoyed betting on soccer recently. Yeah, there's a ton of action. Like you mentioned, I think you just named, like, 10 different countries that have professional leagues going on, um, and I feel like all of them compared to the MLS after seeing them start uh, last week, it's just a different level of play. Um, so they've been enjoyable for myself, at least, to watch. Um, I don't think I've capped as much soccer as you have, Um but that being said, the you know, like you had mentioned before, it's it's something new. And to be profitable in the first couple of weeks or the first month of really getting into the sport for the first time, I think that kind of speaks to, you know, the people that sit there and say, oh, it's so easy. You guys are just putting out teams and putting out lines, whatever. You're just guessing, hoping they win. Well, if it's that easy, then how come not everybody does it? You know what I mean? Um, I tell people a lot when they ask me what I do and, and how it works. Um, like, oh, you, you just give out picks. And I'm like, well, it's not really that simple. I mean, I'm the one that's going out and doing all the research that they're not doing, um, you know. And a lot of people will just be like, oh, the game's on. Like, I watched the UFC fight last night with all my neighbors. And I had a bunch of dudes there, and they're asking me for picks. And like, oh, well, I'll just take this guy. He's plus money. Not having any idea of what's going on. Like, everybody – I know me and you were on the other side of it last night. We were both all over Usman. You know, but everybody wanted to take the dog because it was trendy. You know, like, oh, he can knock him out. I'm like, yeah, but the dude, he's had, he's had what, ten, not even 10 days to prepare for the fight. He cut 24 pounds of weight off. Now, I get that he's gaining it back, but it put that guy in such a tough position. And knowing what we knew about Usman and how his fight style was, he wasn't going to let, let himself stand up with the guy and just take hit after hit after hit. Every time he felt like himself was getting in trouble, Usman took him down, controlled I the fight. I liked his name better, I'm going to be honest. I like his name <laughs> the Nigerian Nightmare? Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, you like, know, they, those type of things all factor into it. And, again, like, how we're kind of going into a new era of, of sports, essentially, um, especially in the handicapping world. It's been interesting to see how different people that we know that are in, the, in this industry, how they're adapting to it and how we're adapting to it. Um, myself, I want to take us back again to the beginning of this. I'm going to start off by saying college basketball, hands down, is my favorite sport. It's probably my most profitable sport as well. Um, you know, college and pro football are probably close behind it, but to me, NCAA basketball is is king. Um, every year for the past 18 years, I've had 30 to 35 of my buddies, um, whether we were working or we were still in college, we would always make sure that we had that first Thursday of the tournament off. Um We'd all go golfing early in the morning. We'd go from golf. We'd go to the bar and catch the first tip of the games, and we would hang out all day, 
uh, until the final game uh, hits the last buzzer. You know, bracket pools, 10-team pools, final four pools, survivor pools, player point pools, capture pools, you name it, we most likely have action on it. And I feel like, you know, I get transported back into sixth grade every single selection Sunday. When that music comes on and the brackets get shown, you know, I can transport myself back to the first time getting into college basketball. Um, you know, but this year – you know, we were all set with the conference tournaments. You know, I was getting hyped for them. We all had action ready to go. And then, like, it was, like, one by one. You saw the Ivy League, I think, was first. They canceled all their stuff. Um, I can't remember watching the Big Ten tournament. And I can't remember what two teams were playing. I think it was Michigan and maybe Iowa. Um, they were already warming up and everything with an empty arena. And they pulled the teams off. And I can remember thinking, you got to be kidding me. This is going to be it. They're just going to stop everything. Um, and sure enough, that that's basically that's basically what happened. Everything kind of came to a halt, um, and then we had to kind of figure out from there what was going to start back up. I was kind of the same boat as you for like the first month and a half. I really didn't have much to do. I liked. Yeah, I remember watching some of the simulations. They did a bunch of different people on Twitter and on Twitch were running simulations for the college basketball tournament. I mean, I was trying to get my fix that way as much as I could. Um, you know, but like we said before, it's not the same as real basketball and. You know, it was, it was kind of like a novelty thing. It was cool for like the first week, and then everybody kind of fell off of it. Um, and then we started to see slowly some sports coming back. You mentioned KBO, um, the Korean Baseball Organization League. That yeah, It's kind of cool because you can see some of the former professional players in the MLB are over there. Um, you know, we're both Philly guys. Aaron Altair, who used to play for the Phillies, he's over there playing. Um, struggled out of the gate, but he's been playing uh, pretty well recently. Uh, and it's only a 10-team league. So, you know, like you mentioned before in the beginning of it, when you first started to dive into handicapping KBO, you know, it wasn't like you were doing MLB where for the first time you're like, oh, my God, I got 30-plus teams that I have to try and figure out, you know, their rosters and their trends and what they do at home and their splits. Like, you know, only 10 teams. So there's really not that much to, to research. And then the way their schedule panned out, like you had teams that were playing their second series – against another team within the first month. So, you know, you were able to gauge um, some of the trends and, and get, get an idea of what teams were going to be doing after that first couple of weeks. So that was kind of cool, whereas opposed to, like you mentioned, soccer. Soccer, there's so many teams, it was kind of hard to get a grasp on it early on. Um, now that we're a little bit deeper into it, you know, I think we were getting a handle on it a little bit more. Um, but it, it really it really changed everything. And like I said, we both said – uh, when we talked uh, a couple of weeks ago about like, you know, what are we up to? Because, you know, we hadn't really spoken too too much uh, during the virus and what we were doing, but like, I think we both kind of gained a different perspective on our personal lives and our families of, you know, everything stopping. Cause we're, we're, we're so big into sports, you know um, it's a big part of our lives and to not have that all of a sudden, you know, it kind of, it was nice to have that break in the beginning. Like you said, you know, it just kind of put everything in perspective to start with. Um, you know, unfortunately it's gone, you know, what are we at? Like month four, I think now, or four and a half. It's like, yeah, four months, we're going to get back months. to normal or are we going to, or is this going to be a new normal, you know? So I think both of us are kind of in the same boat of, you know, we're just going to adapt with it as much as we can and kind of hope for the best. Like, you know, we saw what just happened recently this week with uh, college football, how a lot of the big, uh, power five conferences are deciding not to play out of conference schedules. I mean, to me, they're just, they're just setting a table. I don't, I don't think we're going to see college football this year. I really don't. Um, NFL, I think has a really good chance at it. And I think that they're going to uh, parlay the fact that college isn't on Saturdays. And I think we're going to get some NFL games on Saturdays. 
um, which will be cool. But, you know, again, like I mentioned, I'm a big college guy. I like, I like to have action on college football as much as I do college basketball. And I just, I just don't see it happening, to be honest with you. I don't know how you feel about that, Matt. Um, college basketball, yeah, I don't see I – mean, College I football. I mean, college football, yeah, yeah, I don't see college football happening. Look, one thing I do see is I see that yeah, uh, not Yale, excuse me, the whole Ivy League actually has already canceled their fall sports. So what does right. that tell me? That tells me who was the first conference to cancel all their conference tournaments in basketball. It was all the Ivy Leagues. And everyone right. said, oh, they're crazy. Oh, why are they doing this so early? And then here we were, everyone was canceling their tournaments left and right after that. So I feel like they're ahead of the curve here. However, I will throw out this disclaimer. I know some of the schools in the South and in particularly other schools across the nation depend tremendously right. on the, 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 uh, the, the profits and the revenue that their college football teams bring in for their school. And they really, you know, depend on that money each year for new construction, um, for, for salaries of employees and, and whatnot for whatever they need. So it's going to be really tough to see a full shutdown because you you want to see them play, but then you get into well, what if the Big Ten shuts down? Is the SEC going to play, or if the SEC is playing, does that mean the Big Ten is definitely going to you know because they're different parts of the country, and, and then obviously that gets into politics. Different parts of the states of the country are governed by different governors who are right. implementing different laws and whatnot. I mean, uh, you know, you look at a school like Rutgers. And they've announced that they don't plan on having um, students back on their campus. But then you, you, you go to a school like Ohio State who might be having students back on their campus. So is Ohio State going to have their team and Rutgers won't? Um, now you're going to have scheduling issues. You're going to have issues just with teams playing. You know, if for the NBA and the NFL, it's not like that. It's, it's private organizations. It's 30 teams or, you know. There are, the owners groups are multi-billionaires and millionaires. They all sit in one room and they agree on the same thing. And as you're seeing with the NBA, look, they can go and they make a deal with Disney and they set everyone up in, in a little bubble. It's not so easy to do that in college sports. Um, nonetheless, can certain schools even afford to do that? And then you have the debate, how is it fair for this school and that school? So it's going to be very interesting to see how they handle it. Obviously, no announcement or no news has really come about, I feel like, because it is only July 12th as we record on this Sunday. But, you know, at this time, you would think that there would be some sort of plan or an idea to give you faith that they're working towards it. I really don't see how it's going to happen. And I feel like they're just waiting for, quote-unquote, the coronavirus to hopefully get better or whatnot, or, or for hopefully just to something sporadically change and them able to play. But I just don't see it being realistic here, Bill. I, I don't see how they get it done. Yeah, I agree. I, I don't know. You, you said, you know, they don't, not shown they have a plan. I don't think anybody really had a plan. And really it's tough for anybody to formulate a plan because everything changes day by day right now. Like my daughter's going in the first grade her school sent us a survey with six different options of how they're going to conduct this school year. They don't know what they're doing. You know, I, I think NBA and Adam Silver does a phenomenal job as their commissioner. In my opinion, he's probably the top commissioner of all the major sports. Um, the deal that they struggle, like you mentioned with Disney to go down there in the bubble. I think it's a phenomenal idea. And I think that again, like you had said before, where NBA was the first main sport to really shut down and kind of everybody followed suit. I think that's what everybody's waiting for. It's like, okay, 
NBA, for lack of a better term, is going to be the guinea pig. We're going to see what happens with that because there is just so many factors that are playing into this bubble. Well, you people... don't, don't forget, you do have the MLS up right now. And, you know, look, there was a game canceled due to a player testing positive right. for coronavirus. But don't discredit how all these leagues, obviously, in Europe and other various parts of the countries, and now we've seen um, basketball in, 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 in Asia back up and baseball back in Asia, that they're all able to get, get it together. And it's just kind of sad that America might not be able to get it together. But I really do have faith that the NBA will get it together and the NHL will be yeah. able to get it together. Now, there might be some big stars, you know, popping out of games due to coronavirus, but that's just what's going to happen. And that's better than not having games. That's better than not crowning a champion. It would be no different than injury. Obviously, I understand that it could affect more players than the typical injuries would during the postseason. But it really just is what it is, and it's what needs to be done, you know, to get that entertainment and that NBA and the NHL back on TV and simply for the teams and players to be generating revenue for their families. No, for sure. And uh, you mentioned all these different countries are getting their act together. It's, it's, you know, it's different. You mentioned it earlier where, you know, we have different governors that are running different states. There's a lot of factors that play into, you know, what decisions are going to be going to be made ultimately on, you know, if these sports are going to go and if they are go, are they going to be going full tilt or is something going to halt them? You know, thankfully, I don't think we've seen that yet with any of these sports that have picked back up where they've stopped them completely. Like you mentioned, a game here and there was was canceled uh, due to somebody testing positive, but nothing's come to a complete halt, which is which is a good sign. Um, but you know, looking at it from a handicapping perspective, let's take the NBA or NHL. Um, I would I would say NBA more than NHL because I feel like the the star power plays a bigger impact on a team in the NBA than say the NHL. I think you would agree, considering only five people playing majority of the game, maybe seven total um, where hockey, there's a ton of guys on different, on different lines getting in the game. Um, you know, people had been asking recently cause all these future lines came out with NBA, you know, like, all right, what are the, what are the odds for the Eastern conference finals? Like who's, who's, who's good money there and stuff. And to be honest, like I, I wouldn't feel comfortable taking anybody cause you don't know what's going to happen. Yes. Injuries happen. They happen. You know, you can't factor them into to anything really per se, but with this virus, like, you know, this MLS team today that was about to play, and all of a sudden one of their guys tested positive and they had to cancel the game. You get a guy, you know, at the caliber of, like, let's just use a local guy, let's say Embiid, who gets sick and hurt all the time anyway, he'll probably end up getting the virus, right? Like, if he's out, and that totally changes this team and, and their chances at a championship or even advancing in a playoff game. So I think we have to, like, be really careful with that. And I don't know how you really go into – looking at it. I mean, do you look at it as, oh, it could be just like an injury? Or are you looking at it as, I'm not really going to be placing any kind of future bets. I'm just going to be looking at this day-to-day, game-by-game type of thing. Yeah, so, I mean, I, I definitely agree. And that's an interesting point. And that's really where we're going to leave this introduction podcast at because we don't want to get too much into it because that is going to be for coming podcasts, NHL futures, NBA futures, how we're approaching the NHL restart, how we're approaching the NBA restart, because they are two different sports, two different animals. So are we going to be, you know, we're going to be diving into both of them into the coming weeks. We were just very excited to put this out there, get the ball rolling and give you a little bit about what we would be doing for our audience. Yeah, sounds good, Matt. So again, we're going to plug ourselves and the pod again on Twitter because we're going to be putting a lot of information out that way. Uh, make sure you follow all three of them. Again, Matt, 
Siegel is at Showtime Cappers. Myself, Bill Christie, I am at Larry's Locks 2. And our podcast handle, Winners Only Pod, uh, is that handle as well. So just keep a lookout on those, follow them, um, and make sure that you're looking for the contest because we will likely be having a contest run either uh, tomorrow or the following day uh, coming up on the Winners Pod. So again, thanks for joining us today. Uh, we look forward to our new relationship with the Brawl Network. And Matt, let's get some winners, winners right? Only. Winners, winners only. only. Winners only. All right, fellas. Take care. I want winners.